0: as health and wellness providers we know that better patient outcomes require a whole person multidisciplinary approach that we just can't provide on our own that's why i've started the wellness center creators podcast i'll be bringing you interviews with experts tips tricks secrets, resources, systems, and solutions so that you don't have to reinvent the wheel. And creating your wellness center won't feel like starting over. Welcome back, everyone, to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Before we get into today's episode, I'd like to take a moment to introduce our sponsor, Jane. JANE is an all-in-one practice management software with features like online booking, scheduling, documentation, and a PCI-compliant payment solution. The time you spend with your patients and clients is valuable, and filling out forms during their appointment can quickly take away from your time together. That's why the team at JANE has designed online intake forms that your patients can complete from the comfort of their homes And to help them remember to fill out their forms, Jane has your back with a friendly email reminder sent 24 hours before their appointment. This means they arrive ready to start their appointment and you can arrive ready to help. Jane's online intake forms are fully customizable to ensure you're collecting everything you need ahead of time, whether that's a credit card on file, insurance billing details, or assigned consent. You can build your intake forms from scratch or use a template from Jane's template library and customize it further to meet your practice needs. If you're interested in learning more, head to jane.app guide or use the code wellness1mo at sign up to receive a one month grace period on your new account. Welcome back everyone to the Wellness Center Creators Podcast. Today on the show, we have Candice Elliott. Candice, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me, Kendall. Candace, so glad to have you on the show today. Let's start by having you tell the listeners a bit about yourself and how you got to be doing what you're doing now.
1: Yeah. So I am called a fractional chief human resources officer. But what that means is that I really help small businesses and small nonprofit organizations with HR related things. So anything from the world of hiring to if you have to let someone go, do a termination. And then also just figuring out ways to have better retention with people, like having really strong relationships with people who work for you, I think is really the foundation of that. But then there is some research um, and some there have been studies of different types of ways of different like systems that you can put in place that will help to keep people with you for longer. So I help small business owners and nonprofit owners do that.
0: That's amazing and it's so needed in our industry and I'm sure every single person listening today it has their ears per to ready to learn about some of these resources and how they can incorporate HR and HR practices into their teams and their companies. So I'd love to know first how you became interested in this intersection between health and work.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I actually had this really intense experience of burnout that happened. Um and I was working for a restaurant group at that time. I was their human resources director. and we had about 150 employees. So I was doing a ton of hiring. I think I hired like 100 people a year because we had a lot of turnover because, you know, restaurant, I'm in a college town, it's a beach town. All all these things uh, intersected. Um, I also, at the same time, was doing my master's degree, and then my personal life was also very busy. So I just kind of was like pushing and pushing and pushing and going until I, I couldn't anymore. And my body was what told me that I had to stop. And so I had this panic attack, and I was like, couldn't breathe. Took about an hour to get myself sort of back into my body again, and. Um, and I realized through this experience, and then through starting my own business and helping other other you know small business owners, that there is this intersection between our health and our work, um, and that in our society we tend to try to override that, and we say you know this is our job, this is our work, we're just going to keep going and pushing through and overriding and doing more and doing better, and that's not to say that those aren't important things, you know I think that personal growth is really important and that um, doing work that you really love and that's impactful and meaning to you is very important. And also there's this piece of needing to listen to our bodies and be able to create systems around work that help um, us to really tap into our purpose and our mission in the world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And really this is why I started the wellness center creators podcast. It's why I do what I do as a therapist too, and why we have our clinic and all these things. Uh, but the Wellness Center Creators podcast was is originally designed to basically discuss anything and everything related to actual healthy workplaces and having health and wellness. In your work and in your workplace and that those things are interrelated and that as leaders and business owners, we have to consider the actual holistic health of our teams and our employees. So I'm so glad we're chatting today. I'd love to know what you mean by the U.S. health disadvantage. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. So the United States has this thing that is called our health disadvantage. And I think if you talk to you know your average American person walking down the street, you would think that you know we have the most amazing healthcare system in the whole world. We have so much money and funding that goes into health and healthcare, um, but really, when you look at the numbers, the United States has some of the worst health outcomes of other similarly situated countries. So. Four out of 10 Americans has two or more chronic health conditions. Six out of 10 of us have at least one chronic health condition. So that's like high blood pressure or an autoimmune disease or, you know, one of those kinds of um, things. Also, when we look at the mental health side of things, I mean, they're... I mean, the studies that have been done by the U.S. Chamber of Commerce say that um, 80% of Americans will have a mental health crisis during their work lives. I think, like, anecdotally, that's probably lower. I think most of us, (laughs) if not all of us, will have some kind of a mental health crisis that happens during our working lives. I agree. Um, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. because someone, you know, someone passes away or we have our own physical health condition that happens. Or I, I I mean, I had very intense postpartum anxiety and depression when I had my first son and, um, and we tend to kind of sweep these things under the rug and pretend like they're not happening or they don't exist or they don't have a place in the workplace. But really, the workplace, in addition to being a way for us to afford our lives, is also a place where we are our our full humans. You know, it's not like we can be one part of who we are, one place, and not the other pieces of who we are.
0: Let's talk about the link between stress and physical and psychological mental emotional health. What's what's your take on it?
1: Yeah, well, I didn't really understand that these things were linked. Like I thought, you know, that I could just when I, you know, was working and before I had this um like panic attack that came along, I didn't realize that what I was doing in the way that I was um, putting stress on my body was having an effect on me. I don't, you know, it's so obvious now that it's linked, but at, at that time, I didn't really see the connection. Like I didn't see how if I was skipping meals, that was putting stress on my body and, and activating nervous system responses, right? Like I didn't see that as I was needing to enact decisions um and communicate things that were against my values, um, that, that was actually physically affecting my body. Um, and so my take on this comes from, you know, just the research. Like the more time that we spend in a stress response, um, the more that has an effect on our physical health. Um, and it's not like sp- Stress in itself is bad. You know, we're built to go through times that are stressful and times that are not. But it's almost like we just keep expecting ourselves to continually keep shifting gears up and up and up. And we don't give ourselves the time to downshift um, so that our bodies can rest and then be ready to go through the stress again.
0: Yeah, absolutely. We have to, you know, what you're talking about is prolonged states um, in fight or flight, right? In a stress response, in a trauma response. And lots of people were hanging out there during the pandemic for prolonged periods of time and still to this day. And as you were explaining, right, that we have now study after study that shows that this leads to physical health issues, mental health issues to be in chronic states of stress. And so let's talk about how that relates to the workplace. There's really, there continues to be a stigma against mental illness in general, right? <laughs> but if we, if we stick to the workplace, um, there continues to be a stigma, especially in environments where it it's not healthcare, or it's not mental health care, um, even in other other forms of healthcare, right? That where um, it's employees aren't feeling comfortable uh, bringing that to the table, and employers don't know what to do, right? Yeah. So, what can we do to support people? through difficult emotional situations, make sure we're taking care of mental health, mental illness on our teams. Um, What are your thoughts on this?
1: Yeah, I think too, even when we're working in the mental health space or in physical health space, because work is assumed to be a certain way, we can even unintentionally do things that are you know, difficult or challenging for our employees. One of the studies that I've looked into is this stable scheduling study, you know, and I work with people sometimes who have variable schedules. But in this study, it shows that that there are real significant effects on the mental and physical health of people, like their ability to sleep, their levels of stress and their ability to be able to handle work life challenges, such as childcare, if they have some control over their schedule or some ability to influence their schedule in some way, or at least an ability to know what it is ahead of time. So that may be something that's really simple to think about is just what is someone's schedule and how much does it change? But it has a huge effect on someone's physical and mental health to be able to have that. So I've worked in different kinds of places where they just call people in in a minute or uh, you know, we need you here now or they just change the schedule around um, without even telling people. They just expect kind of an app to notify people or even in the delivery of it, just expecting your employee to be able to do whatever schedule it is you need them to do instead of asking. Um, And that simple shift is a real easy one instead of hey i need you to be here this time it's you know things have switched around would you be able to come in at this time
0: yeah it's a good example and it's yeah. it's important like if we think about a wellness center space um business and you're the you know if you're listening and you're the leader or the owner of a wellness center or wellness business and you have a team working with you you know there are considerations when you're utilizing, you know, you're you're having employees come in and work in your offices. Yes, you want to have different shifts in those offices and try to maximize the physical space if we're thinking from a business perspective. But it's really, really important to have clarity of expectations and discussion about the schedule. And like you were saying earlier, to open the conversation of Hey, let's collaborate on a schedule that works for you in your life so that we can have a consistent schedule. So and this ripples down right to clients experience so that they can have consistency. Right. Because it also heightens their stress response if things are changed on them last minute. Um, so that collaborative discussion of what actually would work best for you, we're looking to you know fill the shifts somewhere in here. Like, what's a good start time? What can we work on together? And th- with the clarity of okay, once we decide on this, we're going to keep this for at least three months and and see if it's working, and then make a change if needed. But when we think about what are the things that seem small that we could do that are actually really important that impact employees experience of their own stress. It's how do we minimize surprises? How do we create um, systems of clarity and make sure people know what to expect in all parts of the process?
1: And I think agency too, for people to be able to have some kind of input on the way that the work happens. And it may be that there isn't a lot of agency. It may be that you know, it's a choice of, you know, one thing or another thing instead of kind of do it however you want. Um, but being able to invite people into a conversation and give over some of the ownership of the work to them is, is really important for people to feel like they have a place where they belong.
0: From an HR perspective, I'm curious, um, your thoughts on, you know, as you were explaining earlier, right? Life happens. People are going to experience things at home, outside of work. And it's some people, um, might be coming in with a skill set where they can kind of separate those things or still show up in the way they need to at work and, you know, make it through the day and, and be professional, whatever that means to you, right? And then some people are going to show up and they're going to be overtaken by this life experience and they're going to have a hard time during the day or they're going to have, maybe they have an emotional outburst that they wouldn't typically have. How would you counsel a business owner from an HR perspective on how to approach that situation? I think depending on
1: what type of response is happening and and how the person is behaving, there, there are different answers to that question. But a client came to me recently who had an employee who was... of scaring other employees this person had had something very very sad and difficult happen in their personal life and it it made them kind of go overboard on their expectations of others um and had a perfectionist sort of tendency that was coming out um and it was upsetting other people was making them like not able to work with this person anymore And so what we did was we had a conversation with this person to make them aware of how their behavior was affecting everyone else. And in this situation, they didn't even realize that was happening. They had been, you know, living their life and sort of gradually got into this intensity um, and didn't realize what was happening. And so we just... Decided on a few tools that they could use when they were with everyone else, you know, it's um, in that particular situation, it was pausing before you decide to speak, it was stepping back a little bit on the pressure that they were putting on others and having giving people a little bit more grace in those conversations and so i think it really does depend on on what exactly is happening because if a person is for example being angry and throwing things like that's one response <laughs> mm-hmm. if a person is disappearing you know because they're not able to show up uh, that's a different response
0: so mm-hmm. uh, yeah yeah Okay. One more question for you. What's, what's the one thing that you would love business owners to know from an HR perspective? What's that kind of thing that you see business owners doing incorrectly often, or that, that piece of knowledge that you think would be so helpful for them?
1: Yeah. I think in general, one of the useful things about HR is coming up with a strategy around what you're doing with um, the people who are working in your organization. I think that sometimes as small business owners, you know, even myself, I can be very reactive. You know, it's like the, there's a big project coming up or there's, you know, something's happening within my company. I need to deal with it fast um and it, it is helpful if instead of being stuck in that responsive kind of phase of business you can pull yourself out get you that you know high level view of what's going on and um, and the way this applies to hr is especially around recruitment and hiring and um, so i think you know sometimes we just hire for the position that we think we need rather than the thing that we actually need done in our business um and, and giving away this course that I put together. It's called My First Hire um, to Listeners. And what that helps you go through is figure out, you know, what what am I doing that I really shouldn't be doing? What is my company doing that um, is really pushing forward our impact in the world that's really serving our clients best. What shouldn't we be doing, and what can I give to someone else? You know, like what does it make sense for me to give to someone else, um, and then how to go through the the hiring process with that?
0: Well, sounds like an incredibly valuable resource. And so, as Candace mentioned, uh, she had, has a giveaway for all of our listeners: her mini course and we will have the link in the show notes to how of how to um, grab that for yourself. And then Candace, if people want to work with you or find you to chat more, how do they do that?
1: Yeah, so you can find me on Instagram and on my website, and we'll have the links to those as well.
0: Candace, it was so lovely chatting with you today. Thanks so much for being on. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. Thanks so much for listening to the Wellness Center Creators podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Please visit our website at wellnesscentercreators.com for more show notes and additional episodes. By the way, I love hearing from listeners. Please send me an email at Kendall, K-E-N-D-A-L-L at wellnesscentercreators.com with your feedback. And if you send me a question, maybe I'll read it on the show, anonymously, of course. Thanks so much again for listening, and we'll catch you next time on the Wellness Center Creators Podcast.